So, Matthew, do you remember that time I came back with a Dreamcast? And I said it was extremely unproductive and brought back a copy of Final Fantasy VII instead. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> What's uh, less worthwhile than me bringing back a Dreamcast? Name a console you think we couldn't find any use for. I mean, most Atari Lynxes are paperweights these days. Um, the Jaguars only really got Tempest 2000, from what I understand. Um, mm, pretty useless I, consoles, yeah? I would say so. I mean, a ColecoVision what, won't work on our televisions, so... Yeah, what What about the, the CDI? What do you say if I brought back a CDI? Um, unless there is a great selection of Laserdiscs, and it is a Laserdisc-compatible player... I I would say that was even more of a waste of time than uh, life itself, really. Well, I've got a CDI here, Matt, and uh, yeah, I, I was thinking we could play a few games on it. I've got Wacker Bubble. Great. Um, have you just got the remote controller, or is there actually something we could physically use to control the oh, game with? Check this out. It's Tom and Matt Attack. First of all, Matt, you can't play later this on a CDI. Really? That's a common misconception I've always had. Because you know how big a Laserdisc is? No, I know a Laserdisc is literally like an LP, but aren't there Philips CDIs that also play Laserdiscs? I don't know if there is. Not that I know of, anyway. I, I had always thought that there's was lots, the point. There's lots of models of CDI, and lots of other companies made CDIs apart from um, Philips, but video CDs were the thing you could play in CDI. As long as you had a digital video cartridge. I had I had always thought that there was kind of like much there could in the be way... some sort of hybrid out there, but I, I don't think I've ever come across one. That's interesting. That I honestly I'd always thought in the same way that um the the PS two was kind of linked to DVDs, I thought there mm-hmm. was something between the C D I no, and no. Laserdiscs. No, no, no. Wow. Yeah. Not that I know so, of. So but there's uh, I absolutely could be proven no, wrong. There's no redeeming factors to the CDI, then, is what I'm hearing. You're saying video CD isn't a redeeming factor, Matthew. It's the next best thing to... It's worse than a VHS, and you have to put it over two discs. So um... <laughs> I was going to say, like, I remember the days of... What was it? A CDR, when you would get perhaps get a music video that if you popped your, yeah, your you disc pop in into your computer, a CD-ROM... You'd get a really, really, really pixelated, low-quality version of Rival Schools used for glue. Mm. MPEG-coded video, I think. MPEG-1-coded video, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so CDI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone who's listened to this podcast before may already know. I don't know how much we've talked about it, but uh, I have a bit of history with CDI. I'm very fond of it. I have a lot of nostalgia because I had one at the time. So um, You were the only one. Well, my, my uncle was the one who got me onto it. In fact, um, my uncle really persuaded my parents. It was a great thing to get. I think they bought it on the um, strength of its educational titles. Or such the sexy as Muzzy, crosswords. Learn French the fun way. 
Oh and wow, was the mu- was Muzzy on the CDI? Yeah. Wow, I remember those adverts of like children are amazing. Give them a cartoon that teaches them French or Spanish I, or German. I only ever played Muzzy in English, um, because That's there were some games. There were like some mini games in Muzzy. Um, yeah, right. I did learn a, a, a way to remember A E I O U. Okay. With a little song. It went Sing it for us, Tom. E-I-O-U, I love you. That's how it went. And it was a little uh, music video within the Muzzy disc. But I, n- I never actually really spent much time with the French side of things. Sacre bleu. Indeed. Omelette du fromage. Um, yeah, so this CDI, now I was saying, it, it does come with controllers. It actually comes with two of the original controller-like controllers. So two variations of proper controllers on the CDI. Right. It was the first one, which was more like a SNES pad. Yeah. But weirdly, it had like a screw-on uh, joystick you could screw into the center of the D-pad. Okay. Uh, how much use that was to anyone, I don't know. Uh, these controllers, I got two of them with the CDI, and neither of them had the sticks. They'd been lost, or one had actually been snapped, because you can yeah. see the, the remnants of one of the sticks in the bottom yeah, of the yeah. uh, D-pad. But um, they come with that controller, which is not one I've ever had before. Uh, I'm more familiar with the three-button uh, big chunky CDI pads. The one that looks uh, more like a Mega Drive controller, so, right? The one that's more like a Mega Drive controller. So it was one that was like a SNES controller and one that was like a Mega Drive controller. And alongside all those are these weird little uh, infrared or wired sort of remote control type controllers for the CDI. Now, I've already outed myself as absolutely knowing nothing about CDI, but wasn't <laughs> there also a Jaguar style like remote control controller? for the CDI. I, I, when you say Jaguar style, what do you mean? Um, hasn't the Jaguar kind of got a weird controller that kind of looks a bit like a remote control? Like, Oh, the, the Jaguar has a big fat control with lots of buttons on it. Yeah, that you had to kind of like overlay button things. Yeah, that's games. right. Now, there's nothing quite like that, but there are, you know, on some of the CDI remotes, I guess there's more buttons. There's one with like a a stick, like an analog type stick at the top, and that's maybe got a few more buttons. No, the there is. Controllers. There is definitely a a CDI. It's called the Paddle Controller, and there's. A... I I don't know about that. I haven't seen this before. No, this is this yeah. is definitely a thing because any time I have flirted with the idea this. of Let buying a CDI, this. I also is... have the CDI Trackball, but I know you're not talking about that. No, I'm talking about <laughs> the. Thing is, if you search CDR, you get loads of uh, cars. There's there's a thumbstick remote controller, which is oh, the thing okay, I'm okay. definitely that, that, talking about. I know about. what. I apologise, Matthew. I know what you're talking about. I think I have one of these. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I forgot. So. There's that little panel that you flip down with extra buttons on. I think that's usually covered up. Yes. Uh, oh, well, there's so many variations. Yes, Tom. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird that, like, CDI was kind of, like, comparable to Android in that Philips were like, yeah, chuck it in to everything. <laughs> and there are so many models of it, and yet I've never seen one in the flesh. Never? Oh, there's a CDI mouse. I was hoping to get the mouse, but I ended up with the trackball. But, oh, really? Uh, for some reason, I, I, I forgot that the trackball was a separate thing for the mouse because when I bought it, I was like, "Oh yes, you got the mouse with it." But of course, it had a massive trackball on the top, so I knew it wasn't a bloody mouse. Uh, uh, so I've I've got that one, which wasn't... could be good for lemmings. I don't know. 
Right, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom Parry. Wasn't the justification for buying this other CDI that you wanted to play Lemmings with a mouse? Part of it was... Now I can play Lemmings with a trackball, which I'm not sure is quite as good as Lemmings with a mouse. And also, I can play Lemmings with a mouse on one of the other versions of Lemmings I've got. On the several computer versions you have. I was probably probably trying to justify it uh, to myself. However, it does work, which was a relief. That's good. (laughs) Because it was sold as not being tested with any discs. Was there no games with it then? Was it just the console? No, no, no. I got Wackable Bubbles separately. Now, Wackable Bubbles are an old, uh, sorry, one of the last CDI titles, to my knowledge. Um, and it's a very robust sort of arachnoid alleyway, uh, what's the other name, breakout type game. I, I was incorrect last time when I said it was Buster Move. It's not Buster Move at all. It's uh, okay. Breakout, shall we say. I'm... Very less interested now. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's breakout with a twist. So you can actually change the colour of the ball that you're hitting. And depending which colour it is, it destroys the um, corresponding colour uh, bubbles. Okay. Uh, also, you can fire. I think you can do that in other sort of arachnoid type guys. I always forget what's the difference between these games. Alleyway, arachnoid, breakout. They're all practically the same, aren't they? Right, Alleyway is it's the, the Game Nintendo one, version it? of yeah. Breakout. It is essentially Breakout in that the only thing that really differentiates is some of the like power-ups and some of the ways the stages move compared to Breakout. Yeah, from I've, I've played Alleyway. I've got it on the 3DS. It's, it's a good game keep coming back to. I was um, very down on it when I first played it because I had childhood memories of it being very good. Then I played it and reviewed it for Biographic and it thought it wasn't It can scroll great. to um, horizontally, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, that that's the unique selling point. It's got some like mm, Nintendo-based puzzle ones where like you may got yeah. Mario and you have to yeah. block, break the blocks. Mm-hmm. Like, this it, is the bubbles. It's, it's not blocks. It goes it goes the other way. It's bubbles. That's why I got confused with Buster Move. Buster Move. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, but there's other things like if you hit a bubble with a bomb in it, a bomb will drop and it can destroy your paddle. Oh, which is okay. different. There's other missions like hit all the stars and there'll be these little star bubbles that are hidden within the mass of other bubbles. So you can only pass a level when you hit the stars. Or there'll be an enemy, like a, I think it's a cat or something, and it's trapped at the top. So you have to break away the bubbles in order to hit the cat. And once you hit the cat, you go on to the next level. So there's all these different variations on the formula, which I think is why this game is reasonably highly regarded as a CDI. I mean, there's not a lot of competition on the CDI, No. to be fair. But, uh, yeah, this is one of those games which uh, feature in many top five CDI game lists. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I think the reason you probably confused it with... Um, Buster Move. Buster Move is because the artwork on the front cover is very similar to the yes. artwork of Bubble Bobble featuring Rainbow Island on the It's PS1. like a TV. It's a TV, isn't there? Yeah, on a, on a swirl. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very similar. I think it was created by a Dutch developer because for some reason the CDI was uh, very popular in, in Norway. Okay. Yeah, we had this conversation last is week. Is that about right? How Weird consoles are popular in different countries. Um, Yeah, yeah, no, it's really strange that the artwork's so similar. I wonder if that whoever did the artwork was the same person responsible for the artwork of Bubble Wobble. Because it could be a case of copying, maybe. Potentially. Or just people are really unoriginal. 
Hmm. But uh, yeah, you think this is going to help us out in our little um, shack? Uh, it'll make a great coaster for the coconut cups I made. Will it? I don't know. The, the top's rounded. I was referring to the disc of uh, Whack-A-Bubble. I, I oh, Whack-A-Bubble. I don't care Sorry, about don't. the CDI. Throw it back in the sea top. Whack-A-Bubble's a good game. Now, don't slag off Whack-A-Bubble. Well, this um, is why I'm saving it from the sea. One thing I will say about the CDI, even if you wanted to take out the uh, the battery that's in it, you know, it uses the battery to save data. <laughs> of course it does. You can't what? get the battery out of a CDI without using a Dremel drill to because it's kind of encased in solid plastic. Um, so Why would you I've put a battery as a save feature inside the console when it's, it's not all... unusual? I mean, the Saturn has one, the Dreamcast has one to save mm. time data. I even think the PlayStation Two has a battery inside it for time data. Interesting. Can you, can you get the time on a on a PS Two? I think it does have an internal battery for some settings. Mm, maybe I'd always assumed no. There is a clock battery in your PS Two. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. And it's it's the same battery is used for saving all the data in a CDI as well, which is annoying and kind of um, a little confusing because you can you can save some data on a CDI and then turn the CDI off, turn it back on again, and find the data is still there. But it's only going to hold that data for a very short amount of time. A few hours later, I came back to the CDI, and of course that battery's gone. It's not going to hold data for any length of time. I say this to you in the nicest possible way. This is my experience of playing Super Nintendo games. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Your battery saves. Battery saves are the worst thing. But at least, uh, you know, with a bit of fiddling around, you can take a battery out and solder a new battery in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, with yeah. a CDI, it is so encased in plastic that it is incredibly difficult to replace a battery. Have you ever done it? No, but I've seen videos, and I don't think I ever want to do it, to be honest, seeing how difficult it is. Um the uh, Saturn has a very easy to change battery. I'm not sure about the Dreamcast because the Dreamcast I've got at the minute has had a modification to, for an easy to change battery. Right. So I don't think the <laughs> battery is particularly easy to change in the Dreamcast, hence why most of the time you turn Dreamcast on and they're always asking you for the time and date. Yep, that's my experience of playing Shenmue. <laughs> but uh, luckily my Dreamcast at the present doesn't um, have that problem. That's nice. But um, I found that it might have another problem. Moving uh, on to Dreamcast now. Doesn't doesn't read discs. Doesn't have a vast it's library laser of games. Laser might but... be um, a bit, uh, yeah, a bit dodgy. I don't know because I've bought two copies of V Rally Two now, and neither of them have worked. Both discs have been scratched. The first one, I would I would say lightly scratched. The second one, um, a deep scratch. I wouldn't even expect it to work. But apparently, the seller off eBay said it worked for ten minutes, and uh, he wants me to return it for a refund. Of course, in this current uh, environment, uh, it's not a priority That's for me to go to the post office to return this. So uh, I will return it uh, after lockdown's over, get my refund. But uh, it's got me a bit concerned about the laser because he was saying, oh, yeah, it's a 20-year-old machine. Of course, some of them, the laser isn't going to be as good. And if it's got scratches, you know, there's a chance it might not be able to read it. Um, Snow Surface had scratches, light scratches, and it still read it. So I'm hoping it's just a case of bad luck with these two particular games. It could also be, I mean, it's not uncommon, right? The discs just fail over time. Perhaps the discs used for V-Rally 2 are particularly shit and that they they are starting The fact to it's worked on his Dreamcast is kind of, is what is the main concern for me. Okay. Apparently. He seemed like an honest kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, have have you got anyone 
within the near vicinity, does does any of the blast process crew have a Dreamcast that you could try the disc on? Why? What? Post the disc? Yes. <laughs> I'm not in that much of a rush. We'll wait till this is over. I'll be going back to crew anyway, so we'll find out if this disc works on my other Dreamcast. But it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it is. Because I say the majority of stuff I've got works, so I'm not majorly concerned. But it's one of them. That one of them I'm... things. I've I've been babbling on, Matthew. No, it's about okay. Stuff. I it's haven't given you I'm... a platform to talk about video games. <laughs> to talk about the nothing that has been my my week of playing video games. Um. Well, Tom Parry, I I've played some Animal Crossing. I now have mm. two rooms in my house. Um. Oh, I... is that a big deal to have two rooms? I've I technically got three. I think I don't know. I'm running. I don't care anymore. Because you just... know, there's a game called The Sims where you can have multiple rooms. It's not really. Hard work. That's nice. Yeah. But can you have <laughs> traditional Japanese furniture? Can you make one of your rooms in The Sims look like a Japanese onsen? Which is a... I, I, I don't. There's maybe an add-on pack for it, but <laughs> I don't have. Then I don't care. That, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see if people can do a lot with the um, the tools in Animal Crossing to make things and draw things and yeah i mean it's very creative um we got to the point where we hit the credits uh which is uh essentially there's a point in time i you I can i didn't know you could yes there are so there are credits in animal crossing i guess skip the next 30 seconds if you really don't want to know but what essentially kk slider kk slider comes to town and it plays the credits and then after that you can play kk slider oh so after you've played for a certain amount of time, is that yes? There are what it there is? are tasks you can do that Tom Nook makes you do, and then they accumulate in that event. And it's like, oh, that's kind of a nice thing. And then after that, you can much like you could do in the old Animal Crossings, you can get a concert every Saturday night, which is nice. I remember that. So yeah, from I, my brief experience with the game, I had the credits play. I did my first concert yesterday, which also makes the credits play. Um. And then after that, you get a a tool called the terrain editor, and what that does is it allows you to build paths throughout your town. So you can like connect buildings via roads, and you can uh, adjust cliffs. You can either make a really tall cliff, or you can lower cliffs that are already there, and mm-hmm. you can also like build out your lakes. So you can like make a stream, or if you say, "Hey, actually, this oh. lake has been dividing these large areas of my town. Maybe I should delete this bit of the lake." Quite and like that. Someone else. It's kind That's of cool. an incentive to um, get to that point in the game, isn't it? It is, um, and as such, because of that, we've started now going right. We have trees in random locations. Let's move some of these trees. Let's build some stuff here. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it is slowly meaning that we are building an island in a way i've never experienced in an animal crossing game before i'm actually taking the time to think about the outdoor environment and not just the environment in my house was that that was a motorcycle <laughs> see <laughs> don't know if you heard that or not an island know. in the sun matthew exactly so like the weezer song yes exactly does it ever rain on the island yes it does rain on the island oh, it does. Okay. that's okay. sometimes tropical, the only way so. you can catch certain fish like the big uh, yeah. fossil fish, if you remember that one yeah. from your brief foray into Animal Crossing. I think so. Hey, let's start a campaign, Matt, for Island in the Sun to be the official song of Animal Crossing. Oh, we? no, the the official song of Animal Crossing is probably the highlight of my week. Someone has done a oh. mashup song of... Right. Uh, so you saw all these Doom Eternal memes going around with Animal Crossing and, like, 
the fun oh, of yeah. those two games. Because they were released, released on the, on same, the day. same day. That's where the connection lies. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and mm. so someone made a song called Doom Crossing Eternal Horizons, uh, which is <laughs> better than it has any rights to be. Uh, okay. The artist is called The Chalk Eaters. Uh, it's available on Spotify, but I recommend checking out the short version on YouTube, which has an animated video. I will drop a link to it in the, in the description of the podcast. Uh, and it is essentially from the perspective of Isabel and the new villager being the Doom guy and them going uh-huh. on Animal Crossing adventures, but also Doom adventures. It's, it's very fun. So that is the official theme song. However, if we were to make a YouTube playlist, which we could quite easily do, of Animal Crossing, an Animal Crossing inspired compilation music. album. Uh, yeah. Music inspired. Uh, listen to while you play Animal Crossing. Yes. Then definitely Weezer's Island in the Sun would be on there, and it would be very high. It would perhaps be the opening track. Yeah. You could also have Moving Out by Billy Joel. Um, <laughs> um Summer Holiday. I, don't... <laughs> I, I mean, do you really want to put Cliff Richard on this record? Any holiday-based tune, um, exactly. Any island-based tune. I mean, you, you're going to have message in a bottle, aren't you? Like, the police oh. have to be on there, kind of, by default. Because hmm. you get, you get well, crafting recipes. Well, have a recipes. think about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We will, we will build the list. Suggest- if you've got any suggestions, uh, yeah. send them our way. Let us know uh, what Animal Team Crossing-related uh, music. I will start that playlist. Go on. I will actually make that thing, music to listen to Animal Crossing. Music... Music, well, it can. It's not inspired by, is it? It's like they always used to say that with films. And if you get a film soundtrack, they'd say there's a soundtrack and songs inspired by. And they were just those latest songs that you know the record company paid so much money to get on the soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> man. Like I, I can't remember if it was the Matrix or if it was like I found a CD in a box of CDs in the house. Mm. Of like my brother had either bought and like broke up with exes and then left the box of CDs there. Mm. I remember mm. going through it because there were some Radiohead CDs in there, and yeah. yeah, there was just like a I can't like I said I can't remember. If, I distinctly remember there being the Top Gun soundtrack in there. Yeah, but I also remember there being a Matrix CD in there. I can't remember which yeah. one of them was yeah. the proper soundtrack, but one of them was definitely like music inspired by. And I was like, yes, yeah, where's there's fucking one for Danger the crow Zone? As well, you know, where's Dragula? Uh, Batman Forever and things like that. I think more so it's usually if Warner Brothers released uh, the film, then they'd have all those artists on the Warner Brothers label. Yeah. They'd have songs by them on on the album. Because Flaming Lips are on Batman Forever soundtrack, and I think they were on Warner Brothers at the time. Makes sense. For example. Yeah. Yeah. Was Prince on Warner Brothers when they did Bat Dance? Yeah, I think so. I think there was a whole uh, issue with Prince and Warner Brothers not getting along. Yes, I think that, I think yeah. he was on Warner Brothers. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you are the Prince authority. You are the authority on Prince. So. <laughs> well, Prince is is a difficult subject because it's so rich. You know, there's so many albums and there's so much history there that. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say uh, I'm I'm an expert, but uh, I wish I had I enough an Prince knowledge to make a pun. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It's all right. Yeah. So. Other than Animal Crossing, Tom Parry, I... <laughs> we went we, off on a tangent. No. We did. Uh, the only games I've really been playing is uh, Picross. Um, I I have done a 
a Mario's Picross episode of Biographic, which will be out by the time this podcast comes out. Oh, wow. That, that sounds like a maybe slightly easier game to do a video on that doesn't maybe um, demand too much of your time. Yes. Uh, it was Because an was... RPG, you know, that, that that's quite a commitment. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been talking about like Dragon Quest, for instance. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I did sit down and think, oh, maybe I should play Dragon Quest, but I was also just like, I've also just played like two JRPGs back to back. I played a lot of Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen. It's then... times like that you just need a bit of pit cross and Animal Crossing, and maybe some whack a bubble on the side. Maybe some whack a bubble on the side. Yeah, um, but it it led me down a rabbit hole of playing pit cross games. I played a couple of the. There was a lot of super. So right, I don't really get into this in the video. So I guess this is a companion piece to the video. I guess I'll talk about it if I do the second pit cross game. Mario's Picross did not really sell very well in the West. Why not, Matt? Why do you, why do you... Um, I I, I do don't know. really know, but I, it's got it, Mario in the title. Yes, but I some of the speculation I've seen online is probably people saying, "Well, it's a very small screen, and it, they're very small grid puzzles for playing on a small screen. Maybe that's part of the issue." Mm-hmm. Uh, it was coming out just as Picross was becoming a thing. Um, I think they were localized in English in 1994, and Mario's Picross came out in 1995. But they were pretty big in Japan already. Um, I think Picross started in Japan in like 1987, so it had had time to grow there. So Nintendo just released a lot of Picross stuff in Japan for ages. Interestingly, Jupiter, the people who make the like the 3D Picross games and stuff now, are the people who also made. Mario's Picross. So, like, Jupiter has made Picross games for about, well, was it 95 to now? 15 years. Uh, 25 years. It's like, I don't know if it's comparable, like Camelot making Mario Golf games or something. Yeah. I I mean, you know, it's a thing where just these people have made these games for a very long time for Nintendo. Do you know Um, who makes... Is it Intelligent Systems who makes... uh, What's it called? With the... Oh my gosh! I've forgotten what I'm talking about. <laughs> Great! It's it's that game with the blocks and you match them. Uh... And it's a Nintendo franchise. You know that one, Panel de Pon. Oh, oh Panel de Pon! Gosh, that that, that was a long way coming, wasn't it? Is that a? Is Panel de Pon really the one you'd go to? Because I was going to say, like, I know that they've made the the Fire Emblem series for years. Like, that's system. intelligent systems' main thing, I would say. Is it, is it not Pound Upon as well? Do they not do that? Do we need do we need to find this out, Matthew? I'm, I'm scrolling down their Wikipedia page. Yes, they, you will be happy to know, Tom Parry, that they made Pound Upon. Wow, good. My, my gaming knowledge hasn't let me down. They also did today. the Game Boy Wars games, like the Famicom Wars. I assume then that also means Advance, Wars. Advance Wars. Yeah. Mm. I did not know that. That makes total sense. They also They're a big pack, deal. <laughs> they make WarioWare, they make Fire Emblem, and they make Paper Mario. Yeah. That's a bit bonkers. Like, that's really... They must be very intelligent. Ah, they've got a lot of systems in place. Anyways, <laughs> I played some uh, Picross. Uh, there's a series of Picross games on the Switch that are naturally called Picross S. Um, on the, the switch, fourth... eh? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they're coming out with the fourth one next week, I think. There's actually a free demo of it already available. Um, 
I played a little bit of it because it was, I think, like two quid for the first Picross, which is a bargain in my eyes. Get you hooked. So, two so, quid. Yeah, it's, it's a good game. I mean, all of them are pretty Reel you in. Get you into that Picross, Tom. Get it under your skin. Um, but I, so I, I played Mario's Picross. I played a bit of Picross S. And then I saw that there was a game available called Murder by Numbers. Now, not to be confused with the 2001 film, I think, starring Sandra Bullock, if I remember correctly. Do you know I'm what it makes me think of when you say that, Murder by Numbers? I think of one of their maybe Agatha Christie puzzle games for the DS. I think there is one called Murder by Numbers. I think there is an Agatha Christie Murder by Numbers. They were very popular at one time, the mystery It's like uh, the ABC Murders or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember working, when I worked at Game, there was definitely a following, and there was one particular customer who would get every one of them, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So like Presser Layton, I suppose. Yeah, no, they're... All oh, right, there's a Murder by Numbers, which is a Poirot infographic. The ABC Murders is the one on the DS that I definitely remember. Yeah. And there is a book called Murder by Numbers, uh, which is a, seems to be like a, a tech thriller about like a tech company, and that's why it's digits. Because it sounds more classic, doesn't it? It sounds like a, it'd be it a does. classic uh, whodunit type novel. I was I was in a bra- I was in a band briefly that I started when I was like fifteen that was called Murder by Numbers. Oh, wonderful! I, that's I, that's a good fact. I don't even know why we called the band Murder by Numbers. It was before the film, or at least I think it was before the film. So, uh, anyways, just I thought it it sounded nice. But as you as you say, it's got that ring to it of a classic thing. This game, though, Tom Parry, mm. I think you would hate, but I think perhaps some of our listening audience. Oh, would I love. looked at some screenshots for it. When you tell me you've been playing this, I was like, oh my gosh, no. Right then. So Is it like Picross? Um, it is it is Phoenix Wright Tom Parry, but instead of the courtroom drama, you are an investigator and you are using Picross to solve the murder. Yeah, and yeah not that I have a problem with Picross, it's I have a problem with the, the two characters on screen endlessly talking to each other in still images. I, I've I think it's like. been quite funny so far. Um, is it is it endless dialogue that doesn't really need to be so endless? To be honest, with you, the dialogue is the most endearing part of it for me so oh, far. Okay, it's actually okay. quite funny. Uh, just correct That's myself good. as well. Murder by numbers. Maybe Hideo Kojima should take some note from yeah. that. Well, I told, I did try to <laughs> fucking warn you, didn't I? There is clearly <laughs> proof on record of me saying, maybe don't complete Death Stranding. But we'll talk about it. Don't worry, I haven't completed it. (laughs) Oh, don't worry, you're not going to, Tom. It's 60 hours long. Um, Yeah, so this this game is a... It's essentially Phoenix Wright, but instead of the courtroom, like, so far, at least for me, the the bits where you're looking around a crime scene in Phoenix Wright, you are looking through the crime scene through the eyes of a character... Who is gosh? I, how would I describe him? He's kind of a monitor with legs and arms. I like that. I like that. And his name is I've Scout. Seen that character? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's like a police detective robot, and you you plays a character called Honor, um, who is. So I've only played a brief bit of this, but I I kind of know where the plot is going because of people talking about it. You are you play a detective on TV. You're an actress. 
and you get mm. fired from the show you're working on where you play a detective. And mm. then after you being the last person to see the producer of this show, the showrunner, alive, he gets murdered. And then you need mm. to use Scout the Robot to help you solve the crime of how this person got murdered. Using Picross. You don't object to anything as far as I know. It's not actually in the courtroom, but yeah, it it, it seems really great, to be honest with you. Phoenix Wright fans will still enjoy it. I, I definitely think so. Yeah. It's made by a British studio, actually, called Mediatonic. Yeah. Um, okay. who it looks I, very Japanese, doesn't it, from the screenshots? It does. I mean, it's definitely riffing on Phoenix Wright. I mean, they got... Um, I need to look it up. The composer of Phoenix, right, whose name is Maka Mazakazu Sugimori to do the music, who also did the music of like Phoenix. He did Phoenix Wright series. He did uh, Beautiful Joe and a few other does bits he... and bobs. <laughs> so he... does he does he use a kazoo in his, his soundtracks at all? <laughs> Kazu, ah, oh, Tom Sorry. Perry. It's <laughs> just the way you said it. Made me God, think it, of it. Yeah, it's because my brain's not firing all cylinders this morning, uh, despite me doing my Japanese I revision this morning. Make a kazoo noise. Can you make a kazoo noise, Matt? <laughs> 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 I can, I can. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to say his name again without butchering it. It's, uh... <laughs> oh, God, now I'm putting myself Here we in go. pressure. Here we go. Masakusa Sugimori. There we go. Oh, God. there's no kazoo in that at all. Yeah, there is. Kazoo is the is the end of the phrase. Masa oh, okay. kazoo, sugimori. Oh, right, didn't sound as much like it that time. No, it isn't because I didn't butcher it. Um, yay! Japanese is hard, Tom Parry, as you already know. Oh, I, I, I know, yeah. Um, yeah. So they they made this game. I think that Mediatonic is the studio behind the Hatoful Boyfriend series. Well, do you know Mediatonic's nearly as good a name as Intelligent Systems, isn't it? Yes, it is for sure. <laughs> um, they might be jeweled too on behalf of Popcap. This is this is a long-running studio with a a very large pedigree from the looks of things. Um, oh, they made the Mystery Case Files game. If you that remember sounds like that a from, mystery game, <laughs> that was for the DS. Yeah, I know that well, Mystery Case Files. Yeah. So this is not their first foray into the murder mystery genre. The murder mystery genre. They made a web version of uh, Bubble Bobble for Sega, apparently for the web. Uh, right, let's get down Bubble to Bobble. It's, it's everything's connected, isn't it? It is. It's, everything is connected. Uh, murder by Numbers seems to be their first game for the Nintendo Switch. Yes, they did make Hatterful Boyfriend for the for the mm. PS4 mm. and the Vita, which is the pigeon dating game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, they seem to have made some stuff. They seem to have worked on the Back to the Future Blitz Through Time. They did the port of that. What's that game? Uh, that's the Back to the Future Telltale game. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. A couple yeah. of years ago with Michael J. Well, the sound alike of Michael J. Fox. Mm. Oh, the very good sound alike, yeah. Yeah, they've they've made uh, they've made a lot of stuff from the looks of things, but this seems to be their first console game since. They also made a game called Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, which I've not seen anything about. It's published. Oh, it's like by... a boxing game. No. Um, um no, obstacle racing TV game. games like Takeshi's Castle, Wipeout, and Ninja Warrior. Ah, uh, or Doritos Crash Course. Yeah, I don't know if this has been released. Actually, <laughs> looking at it. 
is it ult- fall fall guys ultimate knockout is a colorful battle royale game with a twist oh this could be interesting this actually looks quite cool. Um, so you, tell me again, Fall Guys. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. It's definitely got a vibe of like a Katamari or something to it. It's very bold, very colourful. Oh, I've seen, I've seen this before. Oh, it's Devolver Digital. Probably I saw it in something related to them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this looks, could be fun. That that that's coming like for that PlayStation Windows. Yeah. This summer. Um, yeah, oh, Microsoft right. Windows and PS4 would do in twenty twenty. I would be interested to play that. That looks kind of that looks kind of cool. Um, yeah, but so far, Murder by Numbers, from what I've seen of it, is a very polished game. Um, it definitely scratches that itch of a Phoenix mm-hmm. Wright game. So much so that the sound effects of like the the text going back and forth uh, mm-hmm. is very much the same sound as in Phoenix, right? Is that... What is... Oh, right. Not like a typewriter. Oh, God. I saw a a complete tangent, Animal Crossing related. I saw a very interesting video on Polygon that I recommend you check out, listeners. Um, That's essentially talking about the differences in localising animalese between Japan and Europe and how Mm. the Animal Crossing, like, nonsense language is essentially a weird distorted version of English and that's why in Japan they had to localise it with Japanese because of sentence rhythm. Uh-huh. But they also get into this idea of blip speak, as this video calls it, because there's no term for it, which is when you, in a video game, you make a noise to accompany text on screen. Oh, like Banjo-Kazooie. Like ba- <laughs> well, that's kind of like a nonsense language made up, yeah. Oh, but right. that kind of, that th- idea of having some... Th- one say a noise while there's text yeah, on yeah. screen yeah. is essentially like a psychological trick that makes you pay more attention to the text, which mm. I thought was really interesting. It's quite interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a great video on Polygon about this. I, I really recommend checking it out. If you search like animalese in YouTube, I'm sure it'll be the first thing that comes mm. up. Mm. But it was really good. Yeah, so they've they've got that down. The art style is very reminiscent of Phoenix Wright. Um, yeah, all in all, it seems to be a really solid package. And so how much are we looking at for this particular game? I think it's only a tenner. Um, oh, which, good, because you know, I was fearing it was one of those games which comes out like 50 quid, and it's like, why you, you want to charge 50 No, quid? no, no, it's definitely not. I mean, the Hat of Fool boyfriend was quite ah, cheap was as budget. well, from what I remember. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's, to be honest with you, I was, I was blown away by the level of polish on this. It seems like... Fantastic. This could be a very interesting game. It's got four cases, much in the way that Phoenix Wright game would usually have three to five. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm like, okay, I'll I'll give this a go. This is a reason for me to use the other Switch uh-huh. um, that has been neglected since we've just been playing Animal Crossing on the Disney one. Yeah. I just neglect my Switch in general. It's terrible. Um, I, I realised well, I got my Switch from Mario, Yeah, I guess. And... There wasn't anything else at that point that I really wanted. And still, now, I'm kind of less interested in Pokemon at the minute. I haven't really thought about Pokemon while well, this has been going on. Because I've not been playing Pokemon Go. Kind of got fed up with uh, Sword and Shield. Yeah. So, yeah, the Switch has been uh, not utilised a lot well, as of uh, late. I, I, not to, to rub this in, Tom Barry, I don't mean in any mm. way. Obviously, you're in isolation no. at the moment. Like, the... The thing I've found great pleasure from in the Switch in general has been mm-hmm. 
allowing one of us to do something on the TV, say Marta, to watch a show on Ah, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Me to then play like the Wii Switch, U, actually. Much like it? the Wii U, yeah. <laughs> much like how I used to play Earthbound and fall asleep in Otom and Matt Shack floor yeah. while you and Austin were watching terrible movies. It's like it's like a terrible film, Matthew. Ugh, wash your mouth out. <laughs> um, but uh, it's like a Game Boy, in effect, isn't it? The Switch is a it portable is. console that can be played on your TV. Yeah. yeah um, so I, I've I found great comfort in being able to use it for that. Like mm. I said, over Christmas, playing things like Ape Out and some other games on there that are they're quite pick up and play, quite friendly to just grab and go. Played a bit of Bloodstained on there as well. Uh, like, tell you what, with the Switch though, is there a way to turn it on without getting up? Yeah, Joy Cons. If you have it, sorry, Joy Cons. Oh, the Joy Cons will switch it on. The Joy Cons will distance. switch it on. Yeah, if you if you click the L and R buttons, the Joy Cons will start syncing and it'll reactivate the console. And then it will turn the console. On. Oh, that's nice to know. Unless, um, as I found out earlier, because my Switch has not been plugged into the dock for ages. I was trying to yeah. turn it on, and I realised, oh, the Joy-Cons are dead. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I tend to use another controller rather than the Joy-Cons and leave them plugged in, so I don't know if, like, um, um, a wireless controller will do the same. I assume if you press the home button, they'd probably do the same. I'll have to try that, I've because I always get up to turn the Switch on. Yeah. And maybe that's why I don't play it so much. I mean, that's lazy. But That's um... very lazy. <laughs> wow. Whereas the Xbox, you know, is always plugged in, and the PlayStation's up usually plugged in so yeah yeah no i the one thing that kind of peeves me about the switch is if i were to put the switch on the dock while marta was watching tv for example it mm. would automatically switch over to the input of the switch like the switch would mm. kind of like force uh, input uh. control yeah which yeah, can be yeah. annoying kind of annoying like that playstation uh rec- recognition camera recognition isn't yes it? How many times have I logged in as you in the past week, Tom? I don't even know why. Weirdly, Only twice, and at least I know it's you. Weirdly, right, it logs in as you when I'm not wearing glasses. Riddle me that. That's crazy. I know, I am... Yeah. I am... Would you be... You, know, you can delete my profile from your PlayStation. I, I could, Tom, but when you come over next, whenever that will be, how will you, how will you play games? How will I play games? Exactly. Or... Um, you know, something that might get me playing uh, the Switch again is these uh, rumoured Mario remakes. Yes. I've... I've heard it referred to as Mario All-Stars 2, which is a very uh, tantalising uh, concept. I, from what I remember of the Kotaku or Polygon article, I can't remember which one it was, they had said that that's how they were referring to it internally. I don't know if that mm. is the name of so, it. So, or... Yeah, the, the idea of them... Um, combining uh, every game that they hadn't already featured, because of course the last version of Mario All Stars also had Super Mario World on it. Yes. I have that one. Uh, but then this one could feature uh, Yoshi, um, Yoshi's Island, yeah. and then go to Mario 64, uh, Galaxy. No, no, so not Galaxy. I missed out Sunshine. I always miss out Sunshine. You did. Sunshine Galaxy. Um, that would be super. And then, then to see these games, especially Yoshi's Island, is beautiful as it is. But yeah. I've seen some concept art online of some sort of remaster of Yoshi's Island. Yeah. That is just beautiful. And How if- would... Right, so this is the thing, right? There is There is clearly a split in the lineage of the Mario games. Hmm. Um, because you obviously you have... 
you have one through World, through Yoshi's Island, 64, Sunshine. No one's disputing those. Hmm. Galaxy is obviously part of the main Mario franchise, the same way Odyssey is. But then you have... Oh, all the other ones. All of the other ones that new are like Super Mario new Brothers. Super Mario Brothers, New Super Mario Brothers U, which I believe is already on the Switch anyway. But then you have Super Mario 3D Land, which is on the on the yeah. 3DS. Then you also have Super Mario 3D World, which is on the Wii but they, U. They didn't include portable titles in um, All Stars before, did they? They just no, included they titles didn't. that were released on the but Super Nintendo. That was because there were only two portable titles, namely oh, Super Mario Land NES. One and Two. Yeah, and they were just they were current games. They were relatively recent to the release of Super Mario All Stars, whereas that was clearly them saying, "Hey, let's try and make a mainline Mario game compilation." And those ones are already out. You could play those on your Super Game Boy if you wanted to. You couldn't play mm. any of the games in All Stars, obviously disregarding Super Mario World later, without having an NES. Yeah, yeah. NES, of course, that was obviously where most of the games were originally from, wasn't it? Well, from all of Super them. Nintendo. Yeah. That was just Mario World. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on that color, and they don't include Mario Kart in there either because it's another. Well, no, I I wasn't going to get into the spin-offs because I mean, in like, the sports and the you also have all the sports and... ones. You have the weird like yeah. edutainment, like Mario's Time Machine and Mario's Missing as well, and Hotel Mario for the ah, CBI. <laughs> something tells me that won't be in there. Um, yeah, will they just ignore those games and focus on those ones that are considered the big ones. Because they're considered the... Although 3D World, I that's, would consider it to be a big one. Yeah, that's my that's the weird thing here for me. Is that's the like, one I think... 3D Land was great, but again, it was a portable title. 3D World kind of took a portable title and made it into a proper mainline big Mario title. Yeah. Yeah. And 3D World's one of the Wii U games that hasn't been re-released, that there's surely a market for out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's... It's the best game on the Wii U, in my opinion. Like, it is a absolutely well, you know, that, that's a good argument title. for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although Breath of the Wild was on the Wii U, ah, exclusive yeah. to the Wii U. Yeah, exactly. This is, I mean, for me, Breath of the Wild is the Switch game because I got mm. it with the Switch. Yeah, you are mm. right. Weirdly enough, right? I would say Breath of the Wild is more of a Switch game than a Wii U game. Yet I lean the complete opposite way on Twilight Princess. Well, I would say that's okay. definitely more of a game. That's a GameCube game, game. A, a not game. not a Wii game. Yeah, no, because they added the the motion controls to it. Yeah, uh, which was unnecessary, you could say, but necessary at the time, I suppose. I mean, to say, hey, you just paid for this new it console. Couldn't... This is what it can do. Yeah. yeah, but God, it gets in the way of that game. <laughs> well, what about um, Skyward Sword? <laughs> Fuck that game, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I've never completed it for the reason that it's just I told this story Awkward. on the podcast I'm sure but like not having a Wii Motion Plus controller meant that I had to have the weird like Wii remote condom strapped to it with the the Motion Plus, Plus attachment adapter, yeah. every yeah. time I would swing my sword that fucking thing would come attached unattached would it? Yeah. You have to lock it in. You know there's a button to lock that I'm, thing in. I'm well aware there's a button to lock it in. It would still come unattached after a few switches, after a few swings. And I would have I've to, never like, had that, it. but that, that is interesting to you say that. But I, I've used one of them with um, Wii Sports Resort a lot. Never had that issue. 
maybe it was just a faulty one I had then, <laughs> but like it sucked. It was really bad. I ended up buying the gold controller to play it. The gold uh, Joy-Con. The gold uh, with, Not, with the Wiimote, Zelda sorry, uh, yeah. logo on. Someone in Hungary was selling it for quite cheap on Facebook. That Martin gold and controllers like, yes, and please. Nintendo. They've got a history of it. Well, wait till the Switch Gold comes out. Well, I mean, it started with GoldenEye, right? N64, I mean... yeah. There was a console um, variant with the Gold controller bundled with GoldenEye, yeah. Yeah, which I had. Um, mm. there, there is a... Um, there, there, you could argue the lineage of the gold thing for Nintendo goes back a bit further than that because there are the... Famicom competition carts that were like oh shiny yes, gold. And, and of course Zelda itself was gold. Yes, on the NES to yeah, begin yeah. with. Um, also, wasn't there a gold uh, Wii Pro controller? I feel that there, there is was. definitely a a gold Wii Pro controller. I don't think I have one. With that, I think that came out with Goldeneye. Yes, I think you're right. The remake of Goldeneye, yeah, or I think the you're right. Reimagining of Goldeneye, let's yeah. say. It's a reimagining. It's not a remake. It's a different game. But wow, yes, we've chewed the fat on this, haven't we? We have. Though, that, yeah. that Mario All Stars could be fantastic, but yeah, it's a big question mark. Exactly what games are going to put in it? But from what I've seen of concept art for Yoshi's Island, whether it's legitimate or not, oh, I'd like to play that game. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen this, but I. I imagine if they've given it the Donkey Kong Country treatment of like how good Donkey Kong Country Returns looks compared to Donkey Kong yeah. Country, then I'd, I'd be interested. It's sort, of, it's sort of like, though, at that point, make a new game in that series with that style as opposed to remaking the original. I don't know. I would... Can you actually rework the original? Because these screenshots look like it was 3D as opposed to 2D. And right. how do you remake that game in 3D? I don't, I'm not sure. I think you... I mean, they've done it. A couple of times, like there are Yoshi's Island games that came after Yoshi's Island on the 3DS. Yeah, but they weren't 3D. They in were... terms of like fully 3D. Yeah, but the, my camera. The thing there for me is they weren't as good either, which is why perhaps I think they're just going back no. to the well. Yoshi's Island is an all-time classic. It's my favourite Super Nintendo game, perhaps. Oh, it's up there for me. It's definitely top ten. I there's too many. It's good so JRPGs. playable, isn't it? It's too so many playable. good JRPGs. Someone who really likes platformers and not a big I fan mean, of RPGs. Even if I even if I were to disregard JRPGs, even if I was to say, okay, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, uh, Terranigma are off the table. I'm not going to think about them in this consideration of top five Super Nintendo games. Yoshi's Island would probably then be top three. Hmm. But I like it better than Super Mario World. Oh, absolutely. I would agree with that, too. Yeah. I, I'm not a... Dare I say, I'm not a huge fan of Super Mario World. I like it. I'm not it. either. I think it's I, a I good like it, game. I like it, but I like Mario 3 better than World. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i not the, the weird person that's just like, I hate Super Mario 64. I hate Super Mario World. I think Super Mario World's a good game. Don't get me wrong. Oh, you don't like 64, though, do you? I don't like madness. 64, no. Um, <laughs> that... <laughs> I like 64, and that's actually that would look really interesting if they took the engine that ran Odyssey and applied it to 64. Oh man, I would be all over that. You know, if they find because they'd gave... also maybe fix some of those issues you have with the gameplay, yeah, and the camera I... and some. I don't know. I think if they were to readdress that and readdress how that how Mario controls and how the world feels, I think that would be an incredible game. If they updated some of those boss battles against Bowser as well to actually feel like an event. 
Hmm. I think that could be incredible because I love I love the art style. I like the world. I like the objectives based on stars as well. It's not that. I just don't yeah. like how it Ma- controls. I think a Mario 64 remake could be on that same level as a Final Fantasy 7 remake. I would I would argue, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Um God, That's I'm trying a t- to think tantalizing prospect. I'm trying to think what I would put above Yoshi's Island on the Super Nintendo that isn't a JRPG. And I, I have to be honest, I'm actually struggling. I'm glad we found some common ground there. I mean, what about Link's, uh, Link to the Past or Metroid, um, Super Metroid or Donkey Kong Country? Or, uh, I, Yoshi's Island's better than Donkey Yoshi's Kong Country. Yoshi's Island's but... definitely better than Donkey Kong Country. See, oh God, so you, you've accidentally segued into another thing I've wanted to talk about on this podcast that I haven't. Um, that revolves Super Metroid, but let's let's finish this conversation first. Mm-hmm. I think Super Metroid is great. I would, I would, Super Metroid would definitely be on my top five. I don't think it beats Yoshi's Island. What about Link to the Past? Link to the Past, I kind of classify in the JRPG thing. I know it's wrong, but Terra Enigma is also kind of an action game. So if I get into there, Link to the Past is going to creep into that list. Mario Kart. Mario Kart is good. I don't know if it makes my top five. No. Okay. I'm trying to think what else there is. I mean, Bubsy's clearly. There's a lot. I'm just trying to think, right? Because there's a lot of games I really enjoy on the Super Nintendo. I mean, you've got... What did they do? What did they choose for like the Mega Man X and all that? Mega Man X. there at all or not? Mega Man X is probably top five. Probably my fifth because I really, really enjoy that game. Um, a Super Street Fighter. Street Fighter is probably top five. Street Fighter. Why did I say Super Street Fighter Two or Super Street Fighter Two? Because yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. It's like there's so many games that I really like on the Star Super Fox. Nintendo. Oh, Star Fox is definitely on my top five. It shouldn't be having Star having, Wing. Having played Star Wing recently, I'm I'm well aware that I'm clearly blinded by nostalgia for that game. So it, I'm looking through. Sorry, Matt. I'm looking say... through what's on there on this uh, the mini. Oh. Those hand-picked gems like Castlevania Four. I like it. Probably wouldn't be my top four. Same with uh, Contra Three. I love that game. I don't. But it wouldn't I, I be my think top Contra five. Three far too difficult. <laughs> oh, but it, it takes some getting used to. Tom, once you get used to it, it's fine. Kirby Superstar. Kirby Superstar's all right. Not top five. No, no. Dreamland Three maybe. But not oh, really? Superstar. Mm. I, I really like that game. It's just, I like the art style. There's so many good things about that game. Okay. And there's a, there's bound to be a few more obscure ones. And right now, I can't actually think off the top of my head. Um, but No. That's... Yeah, I, I think... Widget the Dream Being's pretty good, but it's nowhere near <laughs> I think Yoshi's oh, Island may be my favourite Sinez <laughs> game. Like, that's not a JRPG. Okay, I, I rephrase it. I'm totally happy with Yoshi's Island. I can't think. That's great. I can't think of a better game. And like, we've just named some of the best games ever made. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not as good as Yoshi's Island. There we go. It's all about Yoshi's Island. Now, we, we've chatted for like an hour now, haven't we? And we yeah. haven't even got into a couple of things I wanted to mention. Yeah, get into that because I want I want to have a conversation. Well, I, I, we don't even need to have a conversation. I can just say I I'm currently working through the Studio Ghibli films in chronological oh. order. So yeah. we watched Nausicaa Valley of the Wind last night. 
Mm-hmm. Which did you do Castle Cagliostro first? Yeah, or? we did Castle Cagliostro first. Okay. Don't which work. is it? Is it a Ghibli film or not? It's directed by Miyazaki. It's directed by Miyazaki. Um, he worked with some of his collaborators that would go on to form Studio Ghibli with him. Okay. But it, it's a weird thing that that Nausicaa and also Grave of the Fireflies are undoubtedly well, Nausicaa and Glaive of the Fireflies especially, are classified as Studio Ghibli films. Yeah. The first film released under the Studio Ghibli moniker is actually Castle in the Sky. Uh, Nausicaa is based on a manga Mm. that is written by Miyazaki, and Glaive Mm. of the Fireflies is like an interpretation of a classic novel from what I remember. However, obviously Castle of Cagliostro is a Lupin film. Mm. So it was it was on work for hire, so it's never included in a lot of the Studio Ghibli compilation things. Yeah. Grave of the Fireflies, it turns out, is not included on Netflix because it's not owned by Studio Ghibli. Because yeah. they did it for some other Japanese studio, like TV production yeah. studio. Uh-huh. They've never secured the rights to it again, which is why it's the only place I can watch it actually is to rent it from Amazon Prime, which I will do. Complete tangent. Anyway, point I wanted to make was I watched Nausicaa yesterday. Uh-huh. A, I'd forgotten how fucking brilliant that film is. B, I like the design. I, I'm not sure about the, the film. The I, bits I like. I, I, I honestly like Nausicaa. The themes in there. Hey, I like. I, I think that film's pretty solid. Like I. Mm. I do think there's some really cool stuff in there. I was kind of disappointed to learn. I passed up on buying the the complete manga collection of Nausicaa a couple of yeah. years ago in a flea market for bugger all. I didn't realise that that movie is just a movie of the first volume of like seven volumes Yeah, I've Nausicaa. always wondered about the manga. In fact, I'd like to maybe read that sometime. I hear it is great. Anyway, hmm. the amount of influence that well, probably the manga versus the film, but undoubtedly also the film, has yeah. on both Super Metroid uh-huh, uh-huh. and Final Fantasy. And generally, most yeah. fucking games that came out in Japan that everyone now holds with a reverence in the 90s is ridiculous. Uh-huh. Like, there are chocobos in that universe. All of it is fucking Super Metroid. Like... <laughs> All of the insects and all of the worlds and all of the spores and everything. I look at it now and go, wow, they just lifted that for Super Metroid. Like, so, so much of it is clearly, like, what R&D1 used as their inspiration for Super Metroid. Well, for Metroid. I I think I can see that, yeah. It's bonkers. Um, Nosuka... The laser disc in is a beautiful cover, by the way. I would imagine. I mean, most laser discs are amazing covers. Hand drawn. Um, it's very nice. Is it the like the watercolour image of Nausicaa? Yeah, it's, it's the watercolour yeah. image of uh, the characters. I look it up sometime. You'll see. You'll see. It's, I'll it's give very it a check. Nice. It's something like you'd want to get it and frame it, kind of thing. Yeah. No, I. No. I think I know the cover. I think that was the cover that it had when it initially released on DVD, from what I remember. Okay. When Check they started out. doing those Check Studio Ghibli collections in HMV, they cost like twenty quid each. I think it's different from that one. Cause I think I've got that one. Oh, interesting. Um, but, okay. Um. Yeah. Check it out. I'll give it a look. 
but yeah, I, I bowled over by that film and how much it, clearly inspiration it has for the other. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, it's good. It's it's a good film. Um, the English voice acting in it as well, also not bad. Patrick Stewart voices mm. one of the main characters. Yes, yes, it's pretty yes. good. Um, yeah, but I will I will continue down my rabbit hole of Ghibli films. I I do. Well, we'll look forward to hearing more in in the next episode of. Podcast. You will, you can, yeah. I will you make definitely... it. A, you can make it a regular segment. I will have, if you, if I'm so we're planning on watching Grave of the Fireflies tonight, which I I don't know is necessarily the best film to watch under these circumstances. You've you've seen it before, yeah. Uh, I have seen it, um, yeah. and I had not wanted to see it again because of how gut wrenchingly emotional well, it is. When I watched that film, I think I've only seen it the once. It didn't hit me while I was watching the film. Actually, the emotion. But it was actually a little while after, yeah. when I was thinking about the film, that it actually got me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God! Speaking. Sorry, I don't mean to make this a film podcast. Content <laughs> warning going that way. for a monster calls. <laughs> if you haven't seen that film, there's a very no, no, no. good. What is that? A monster calls that? is. It came out about two years. Oh, ago, I have I seen the monster Liam calls. It's yeah. Liam Neeson as the big tree, tree monster. Man. Yeah. Which yeah, I've seen it. I've yeah, seen it. yeah. It, God, it, it, it deals with some pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, I did not expect it to be that movie, and we put it on on Friday, yeah, just yeah, being like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. let's watch this." This looked really good from the trailers, and I've had the book um, by yeah. oh god, it's a short book, isn't it? It's a story book. It's a uh, no, no, no. It's a, it's a it's a it's a young adult novel, but it's it's cle- it's oh. a book. It's by Patrick Ness, but it's based on the works of an author who passed away before she finished the book. But mm, I did, okay. I did not realise it was going to be that sad. And... Yeah, I don't know why. When you mentioned the title, I just didn't recall it. But yeah, I've seen it. I watched it with uh, a good friend, Austin. Um... I didn't say <laughs> his title earlier when I they're referenced the, they're him. They're the good film we watched together, Matthew. Wow, look at that! One in twelve. Oh, sure. I kid. It's probably more it's like. It's all getting in 10. very sort of. Um... Insular, this podcast now, isn't it? It is. When we mentioned yeah, well, I mean, that, isolation will do that to a person. Anyway, Tom, yeah. what have you been playing? Okay, so, well, I'll just quickly cover a couple of things. I've been playing Uncharted this morning, Uncharted 1. The Nathan Drake collection was free. It's free during this period of isolation. Play it Sony home. offered up that and something else. I forget what the other thing was. If on the odd uh, chance also... you have not played Journey, which is the other free game. Oh, of course, I played Journey. I played no, it. No, I'm. When I was I'm at saying yours, to the like... listener, I know you have, Tom. Don't worry. Like, oh you, right, yeah. If, if you, you have played not Journey, played play Journey, if you have been like holding off on playing Journey for some reason, it is free. Go play it. Journey's fucking yeah. Because this is free, I think, for everyone, isn't it? You don't have to be a PlayStation Plus subscriber. Nope. They're giving everyone yeah the Uncharted collection and the and if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you can download Uncharted Four as well and Dirt Rally Two Point yeah. Yeah, I played a bit of Dirt 2.0. It's quite quite hard, but it's all right. Yeah. I, that, that game came under a lot of criticism, and I can't think why it was. A lot of people preferred the original. It takes up a lot of hard drive space, nearly I, 100 gig. From what I understand, listening to podcasts uh, around the time that was come out, I believe that it goes a bit more like... I can't remember Simulation. if it goes more arcadey or if it goes more realistic. I don't but, know. You, well, I think realistic because you have to let off the handbrake and then go on the starting. Yes. N- okay, so that's and the then thing. when you finish a race, you have to continue after the race has ended and go and uh, break next to the um, the pit. warden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. thing that people dislike that it got 
a bit too simmy, whereas that yeah. franchise okay. has generally been quite arcadey. So Uncharted, I played exactly as much of Uncharted as I'd played originally on the PS3 this morning. And 25%, 20% finished of the game. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I love that. It was very refreshing. To have played, what, an hour and a half or something. Yes. And then be told I'm 20% through it. I thought, well, this is possible. I can finish this game. I Honestly, <laughs> I I would say, yes, the combat it does feel a little bit dated. The it does a little. Get to a point, shoot a load of people. But I, I would say the story of Uncharted 1, at least the first one, is pretty mm. good. I, I think they yeah. do repeat a lot of the themes. I would say Uncharted 2 is not as good as the first one, but 3 is quite good. I I I think the Uncharted games, if you've not played them, now is the time. They're free. Give them a go. They're not they're not bad. They're they're pretty middle of the road. I think for their time good. that they were pretty 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 good. But you you see a lot of tropes now. The tropes which were even tropes at the time, like exploding barrels. Yes. How am I get through this area? Oh yeah, shoot the barrels. Um, <laughs> lots of climbing um, on ledges, uh, shimmying across ledges. Yes. Uh, a lot of these things that have become we've we've seen them so many times before in uh, third person action adventure games. But it's all done very well on Uncharted, and it was one of the one of the originals, I suppose. I mean, it takes a lot of cues from Tomb Raider, I suppose, as well. But how many times can I say I suppose? Um, <laughs> Uncharted. Lots. Yeah. Well, I, to be fair to you, I think that. Yes, it took a lot of cues from Tomb Raider, but I also think it expanded upon them. And we've talked about this before. I played through these games like a year ago. I'm sure you can. Go I know. Back and we, I've probably covered this before because I'm sure. I probably played that beginning part of Uncharted when we were podcasting yeah. years ago. But to so, be um, to be fair, I though, might finish it. This I time. think it. I think it influenced Tomb Raider as well. And I think if you yeah, get to the, the point ones. where you play Tomb uh, Uncharted Four. Mm. You will actually start to see that circle back round, and where Uncharted was clearly influenced by the Tomb Raider remake, which is interesting. Yes, which I, is a game I have completed. So you know, I'm all right with the third-person sort of Indiana Jones type. Yes, well, I mean, me too. <laughs> I like them. It's just it's an adventure. Yes, yeah. The, I have heard people like analyze the morals of Nathan Drake and how he is. What he kills people is a video game. Oh, yes, but it, yeah, it, there's just. I think it's because it's so well written, I suppose, and how um, real the characters yes. feel. Yeah, that maybe you start to question. Th- there it's, is it's stuff that fine to line between there. Yeah. Yeah, a video game and. Uh, yeah. A movie, Doesn't which is why they try to make a, a film forever, but never mm. got it off the ground. Oh well, so it goes. Yeah, so played a bit of that. Played Metal Wolf Chaos XD for the first time recently. Oh, man, I've been dying to play that game. Okay, so if you love shooting stuff... Yes, I do. You're going to have a great time. Is... But you might get fed up of shooting stuff after a while, because that's really, so far at least, uh, all, all the there game is, is to it. Is it uh, as Kojima as quite... I'm hoping? Kojima? Yes. I know it isn't Kojima, but it seems like that level of Metal Gear Solid crazy that I would really enjoy. Yeah, to, to a degree, yes. Um, you can skip all the text if you want. Um, which you've been <laughs> there doing, are cutscenes which uh, which are all right. The cutscenes are you know watch them, but then there's other text bits in between which don't always add a lot. But um, yeah, it creates that kind of crazy world. You know, for those who don't know about the game, it was. 
only available in Japan, the original yeah, Xbox, for the Japan. longest time, and then it got brought over uh, by, I think, Devolver Digital brought yes. it over, didn't they? Mm, um, yes, it's Devolver and Limited Runner involved as well, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So this was released on the, I think, only the Xbox One. No, I was think it? it's on PS4. No, it's well. on PS4. You're quite right. It's on PS4. Um, but yeah, you're the president of the United States in a Big Mac, and the uh, vice president uh, is uh, going to try to take over. So you have to fight him and his forces. Yes. In your mech, and you've got loads of weapons at your disposal. Each arm has so many different weapons uh, connected to it. One is your rapid fire weapon. Your other is your heavy weapon, basically. Yeah. And you hold down either of the triggers to bring up your weapons. You select the weapon you want, you press B, and then you've got that weapon. You've got a shotgun, you've got a bazooka, you've got like a rifle on one arm, and then you've got like the handgun and the machine gun and whatever else on the other arm. You're switching between them. It's great when you actually open up the arms and you just see all these weapons come out. Yeah. It's just extreme and very comical. And you select what you want. And then you'll spend the rest of the level just firing off your weapon um, repeatedly. Um, okay. <laughs> until you run out of ammo, then you have to wander around the level and find more ammo so you can actually finish the mission. Right. That's how I my experience of ah, how it okay. progressed, at least. So it's not but great, I felt like... is what I'm hearing, other than the the fact that you're the president of the United States flying around the mech. The, well, the weird thing about it was, after I'd played it, I started to feel like I kind of want to play that again. <laughs> there's, it's just a stress reliever. It's just shooting stuff. Good, dumb and fun. It's always, so it's dumb. It's dumb and it's fun, but I think after you've played it for a while, you kind of want to move on. It's one of them you can't just stick at. Yeah. I think you have to have breaks from it because it's just so Full um, on. Re- repetitive, I suppose you could say. Okay. But it's fun. Repetitive, but fun. Yeah. Fair enough. It's from software, isn't it? It Armor is from software, yeah. Gameplay, because you're in a mech and shooting stuff. But it's got a sense of humour. Uh, not overtly. Not um, really something From is known for. It should be noted. <laughs> well, not when I think of Armored Core, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily an entertaining uh, experience. I don't know. Shooting stuff. I haven't played much Armored Core to be honest um, with you. Chrome Hounds for me is where I draw the line. I loved the idea of that game, but it, it's like it's realistic mech combat. Hmm. Oh no. Uh, it's like. There's nothing realistic about uh, Metal Wolf Chaos. It feels like playing a tank game. Have you ever played, like, a semi-tank game? Not like World of Tanks, which I've never played, but, like... I, I Actually, I haven't. Um, no. There, there, there's a genre of it. Like you can... Is there a game called Ring of Red, which is like that? Or is that Ring, a strategy Ring game? Ring of Red is a strategy game by Konami oh, okay. on the PS2. Yeah, there is one that's sort of like... I mean, um, Shell Shock kind of dips into it okay. for the PS1 if you ever played that. No, I haven't played that. Um, yeah, there's two of those. There's two shell shock games. They're all right. Um, they they kind of dip into the hey, you need to be aware of your range and all of this other stuff that tanks have to deal with, other than just pressing the fire button in Call of Duty. But um, yeah, it's it's all right. Um, it's not great because it wasn't what I wanted. It's very slow and methodical. Which one was this, sorry? Chrome Hounds. Chrome Hounds but on the Xbox Yeah, Shell Shock's more of a... Shell Shock, for clarity, is more of an arcade tank game, but there's definitely, was, like... Was um, Chrome Hounds on the PS3 as well? Or was it a 360 
might be right. It might have got a later mm, release. On PS3. Was it published by Sega? It might have been. I don't know. Can't recall. It's one of the few Xbox 360 games I own from that period, uh, where I have a US copy because the US copy is region free. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, some, some of them for are. For some reason, they? some of the launch titles, especially like. I have a version of Gun that is the US version of Gun that plays on my 360 fine. It was published by Sega. It's got reasonably good reviews. This is Chrome Hounds. And it was only released on the 360, according oh, to this internet article. Hmm. Yeah, it, like I said, it's all right. It's not, it's not what I wanted. I wanted more Armored Core, which is a bit more fast-paced. But this was... If you wanted to play properly... You needed to go a heavier mech, which generally meant you moved like a tank. Yeah. And then it was a lot of strategy of you figuring out where enemies were over hills and using mortars yeah. to blow up enemy mechs over hills rather than going okay. to face-to-face combat. Yeah. Um, fans of the series have petitioned and requested a sequel. All efforts have failed so far. It remains a beloved fan favourite to the gamers who became engrossed in it. There are active Chrome Hounds fans who seek a remastering or spiritual successor for the PS5 and Xbox. Uh, that being said, From Software has yet to confirm any sequel. That doesn't surprise me, because that was the thing mm. that I I kind of loved and kind of hated about Chrome Hounds, was it clearly had yeah. a really big swell of online community for it. Mm. But that Foot down meant... 2010, yeah. the uh, online sales. But that meant that any time I went online, I just got decimated, because people were really good at that game. Yeah. There we go. We've, we've uh, been talking about uh, Chrome Hounds. Wow, who would have thought? Game you might not have thought about for a while, unless you're a diehard Chrome Hounds fan. I, I would like to give that another go, but I don't think I've got a copy here. I think it's, oh, I think it's still in the UK. Well. Um, and lastly, Death Stranding. Oh, boy. Right then, we're, we're an hour and 13 minutes into this <laughs> podcast. Tom, how do <laughs> you, how do you feel about, about Death, Death Stranding? Stranding? I I actually enjoyed the time. I found it frustrating, but I enjoyed it. It's a strange thing. Um, I found the menus to be too small. I was trying to read yeah. all the information that's in those menus. It wasn't helping because I was playing as I was live streaming. So, of right. course, the, the playing so, area was yeah. smaller than normal. And uh, people just didn't need to talk so much. And I knew that going in. It's a Hideo Kojima game. People just had really get to the point. I don't know um, if I've talked about this on the podcast. I might have. I don't know if we covered me playing Death Stranding on the podcast at all before we took a break. I don't know if in, we did in great detail. So we, we were very much talking about in the run-up to it and being yeah. very excited so about I, its release. I, I've listened to a podcast called Eight Full Play for years. Um, it's a podcast uh, about games, Japan and Japanese gaming, to use their thing. But essentially, mm. they are a group of people who localize games like 8.4 has worked on Fire Emblem games it worked on Nier Automata they've done a lot of localization mm. for very big titles and mm. they had some frustrations with it as localizers when they were playing through it because the way mm. the the text is written the way the English is is written is very much literal Japanese yeah, which you don't tend to get. Like as much as people call out censorship, and much as people call out people not doing like, oh, this isn't what the creator intended. As you know, Japanese is a mm. very different language structurally to mm. English, mm. and some of the so stuff. So you have to change that slightly to make it more, um, yeah, palatable 
for an English language speaker. Yeah, well, I mean, like, there's there's a lot of nuance on top of the actual language itself of, like, why certain kanji are used for certain things. It's mm. like uh, I was reading a Reddit article yesterday about how... Oh God, so I'm going to fuck up the pronunciation of this, but it's just to make a point. Lol in Japanese, to say that in the same way we do in English, there is a kanji that means laugh. Yeah. And it is the pronunciation of it is something like waru, which is bad actually, so it isn't waru. Something starts with a W. And when we go like lol, 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 lol. I think I know what you mean. I've heard this. In, in Japanese. There's a character that's a kanji character that's only really used for laughing. Yes. Yes. And so people. People spam that in the same way we do lol, 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 lol. And then that, like, if you put that a lot of times, if you were to say that in the same way we would say lol, 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 it would essentially mean you go wah, 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 wah. Because mm. the W is used a lot in that sentence of you, like, saying lol, 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 lol in Japanese. People have just taken to saying it's a W a lot of times it looks like a field of grass. So people have now started to use the kanji that means grass to mean, like, laugh my ass off. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. If you were to put that into a into a game and just have this kanji, as a literal translation, you would translate that as grass. Oh, yeah. That is not what the original creator intended that expression to no. be. But if you were to be like, oh, well, this is true. The, the original creator put this. It must be grass. That doesn't make any sense in English. Yeah. It would it would be lol or laugh my ass off or whatever it would be. But you would have mm. to have that cultural knowledge of what that is and an understanding mm. of the English language and how we use the English language to do that. Mm. Their complaint with this was that a lot of the translation seems to be literal Japanese in the fact that Norman Reedus's mother is the president of the United States. Oh, that's his mother, not his sister. No, totally that, that's his mum. <laughs> but the way they keep referring to her, A, by her first name, and B, yeah. like, the President of the United States, your mother, yeah. is like, yes, no one yes, in English yes. would say that that way. No, no. But it's because of how Japanese sentences are structured. Generally okay. speaking... Oh, God. So... I'm going to mess this up because my Japanese grammar is terrible. You, I'm digging a hole for myself here. Essentially, you put the topic at the start of a conversation. So the topic would be Norman Reedus, or I can't remember his bloody character name. What's his name? Oh, Sam Porter Sam Bridges. Sam Porter Bridges would be the, <laughs> the topic. And then it would be like uh, Okasan, which is mother, no president of the united states to say like your mother's mm. the president yeah 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 but yeah. it would just be okay. like no one would say that no one would need to say your mother the president of the united states every time even though that's her title yes so so the dialogue is so long-winded because of its translation is literal from japanese yes it seems to be that way it was the biggest complaint i've heard However, yeah, is this the case for every Hideo Kojima game then? Because everything seems very convoluted. And, yes, uh, <laughs> drawn out in all his. It would seem that way, but I honestly, I think here, there's definitely more of it than in previous Metal Gear games. Yeah, and it's one of my biggest complaints. 
conceptually, I like the game. Um, I like the gameplay, actually. Uh, I mean, the gameplay could be considered maybe a little tedious. But in is its tedium, it's kind of um, engaging. I, I, it's hard to um, describe. I felt like it felt very natural. Without being pulled down by the BTs and yeah. trying to escape from them, I felt that it felt like a very organic kind of gameplay. And the fact that I could actually pull myself up and get through that, even though I thought I'd failed the mission. Yeah. Well, it kept happening to me so many times. But then after that real struggle, I got to my goal, and I achieved my goal. And I felt like I really felt a struggle to do that. Yes. Um, but I've been successful at the same time, and it didn't actually feel like a video game at that point. It felt almost real. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I, it, honest, it's a weird, uh, weird thing. There's I lots think. of cool stuff about that game. In, honestly, I get the same sense of, like, meditative gameplay and, like, immersion as I do in a No Man's Sky. They're yeah. very much games about walking from point to point and doing these things and exploring. Yeah. That I said this to someone at work, and they were just like, well, why wouldn't you just go for a walk? And I'm like, well, no, it's not, it's not about that. It's, it's about everything. It's about the way the game moves and how it feels to play and how the physics... Yeah, I think the physics are very realistic. Yes, sometimes too realistic. For example, when you realistic. go into the, yeah, when you fall in the water and you're trying to get out of the water as you're floating backwards, and you've dropped all your uh, objects you carry and you're struggling to pick them all back up. Have you not had and the joy that... of running away from like scavengers and tripping over a fucking rock yet? Because that. Was... Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I got through. I got through that, and then it was the BTS and. The... Yeah. Yeah, it's um. It's something else, really. But what did frustrate me was, uh, why can't I put a ladder there? Why can't I just put a ladder there and climb up there? I found that quite... Yeah. <laughs> Where am I meant to be going on? I can't remember the button that's meant to show me. It's probably because I haven't played the game for a while. Yeah. Um, oh, where have I... How do I find out where I need to go next? Oh, it's usually easy. You just press a button, don't you? But I was yeah. struggling with that a little. There's a, there's a couple of things in there that really did piss me off and... Yes, I understand that the game is meant to be a community experience. You're meant to build things. You're meant to do like highways and all this kind of stuff. And to be honest with you, once you get later into the game, I'd be interested if you had the same experience as I did if you were to yes. get there because I played it when it came out. So I played it when people yes. were actively building stuff and it's supposed to degrade over time. Okay. Would you have the same easy experience as I felt at the end of the game? Because once you get to a point and you unlock, you put people on the... What's it called? The network. The network. Or thank the you. Grid or yeah, I, I, it's one of those words. Once you put people on the on the network, they yeah. it downloads all the stuff that people have built around you into that area, yeah. and so it means like essentially once you've had the hardship of fighting through an area, highways and stuff have rebuilt. That made the game a hell of a lot easier towards the end in a way that kind of felt out of balance with the start of the game. Right, okay. Because you could just, literally, I would just drive from one of the cities down to the bottom yeah. of the map with no problem. I yeah. would not encounter any BTs. I would not have to deal with any of the scavengers. Yeah. All I would have was perhaps uh -huh. I'd get to the end of it and there wouldn't be a road and then I'd have to figure out how to navigate around a mountain or something like that. Right, yeah. 
but maybe it also made it easier for you that other people yes some other people absolutely were yeah. which was great and to be honest yeah. with you it gave me a sense of like i want to build stuff because i want to make sure that to people help. can do these things which it, is nice. it makes you feel feelings that you don't necessarily think you're going to get playing a video game no um the kind of i really felt for the bb when when it kind of gets to a point where it's like dying and you think it's going to yeah. die soon and you get it back to the incubator yeah and you feel like you've saved it yes and and that's kind of the connection that Sam Portbridge has with it where you're sort of rocking it if it's crying you've fallen over or something and yeah it's distressed and then you take that moment to calm it down yeah no, there's it's all <laughs> there's very successful things in that game that I believe no other game does. I just wish a it was shorter because I could I got those emotions within my first like twenty hours of playing it and like I said yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, it's twice that length but I guess does it build on that does it throw more at you to make you feel that way no no it it increases the struggle in different ways and it it pressures you in different ways because you will get to a point where the BTs will not become an issue you will get hmm. you will get submachine guns that fire your blood at them. Because yeah, how are you meant to combat the BTs? You get at the beginning? you get weapons to do it. Essentially, Sam Port Sam Port. I feel like I've got a weapon yet. You you will get weapons. You will get weapons as well that also can help you kill and fight the the like people who attack you the the scavenger people. Yeah. But yeah. like the thing is with the postmen, I think they're called right. They they called like postal workers or something. They. Yeah. If you kill, porters. if you kill the porters, are they? Like they will, they will do the stuff in the story. They will blow up, and then you will have an area on your map that is destroyed forever. That has. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They make a point at the beginning of the game. This is the problem I was having that I hadn't played it for so yeah. long, and I'd forgotten all that backstory that they built up at yeah. the start of the game. Mm-hmm. So it will take me a while to sort of get back into it. I think. But like some of the story beats in that game are incredible. The time fall, the idea of the rain, the ages stuff is really cool. All oh, right, the rain's just irritating at the minute. Yeah, because it means de- degrading my um, cargo. Yeah, and it's like, where am I meant to go to get out of the rain? This is so open right now. Yeah, you know the annoying thing uh, is as I well. Think... The only way to stop that happening is to do a lot of side quests, which right, I didn't okay. necessarily want to do. What the delivering extra cargo? Yeah, find, or... and like yeah, okay, like a lot of the, a lot of the smaller hubs will start to have like side missions, which requiring you running back to edge, sorry, require you running back to edge, not city, and like right to the mm. start of the game, yeah, to do like small trivial tasks that don't really matter, and okay. then you'll get a cover for your backpack. Or a cover yeah. for your truck, or whatever that'll yeah. stop it degrading. It's like, why don't you just make mm. this available during the proper game? I don't want to do this side content. I don't want to feel forced to do it, but this okay. feels like a necessary item. This is a bit bloated, then, really. The game, absolutely. Itself. It could honestly yeah. do with being twenty hours shorter. It doesn't need to yeah. be that long, and I don't think the story pays off in a way that necessarily made me feel like my time was respected as a player. Mm. But regardless of that, it's a unique experience. So you should try if you're into video games, I think. Yeah, to, I, I have lent my copy of that game to about five people. I think it's stuck with one of them who bought it afterwards. Or, yeah, or some people aren't going to get it at all. Some people are going to hate the game. Yeah. But for those who love video games and are always interested to see how people can innovate 
in games and what is possible within a video game. I think it's a very uh, important um, example. Yeah, for that. sure. It moves things forward. Mm. Whether we'll see any of those systems put into anything else, uh, Hideo Kojima has hinted that he would perhaps do a sequel. Like, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Well, one more, yeah. See how you could um, elaborate on that. Yeah, I, um, if, I it would know. require a lot of reworking of systems in that game for me to be interested in playing a second one to be honest because i don't mm. think the story yeah, i think it needs to be a little bit more streamlined the, the navigation the menus can be quite difficult i, the I map think there's is... a lot of information it just throws in your face i hate the and map it's like the map in that too game much is one of the on worst that. yeah to take in oh god yeah no i, I... it's streamlined if that game was streamlined then yeah i think it'd be a lot better it... than it is I I think it would be one of the best games made in the last ten years if it was streamlined. It's just it's way too yeah. bloated, as you say, and the menus. It, is... it really is. There's too much in it, and they're putting too much information, throwing it at you all the time. Yeah, it's it, it's overwhelming. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's the they need to strike the balance between it being a true like sim game because that's what it mm. is in some respects because mm. like yeah got to think of weight it's a walking around difficult landscapes carrying stuff simulator yeah yeah it's like it's <laughs> delivery service simulator yeah i mean to be honest with you i saw some memes going around as the coronavirus was happening it's just like oh yeah well you know i'm gonna make a game about yeah. humanity being connected by postman because no one can go outside because <laughs> everyone's gonna die I'm here it and is. i was just like here it is fair enough video maybe you were onto it's... something it's very apt right now, and I couldn't help feeling that as I was playing it. Yeah. You know. I would imagine. The postman, they're the only few out there. Yeah, saving everyone's landscape lives. Landscape at the minute. Keep doing their jobs. Keep bringing those supplies to people. From Amazon, you know. yeah, well, exactly. postman, delivery drivers, and, and all sorts of people out there. Keeping the world running. Yeah. Well, a lot of us are... Um, Sitting at home, at home playing yeah. video games and talking Play, about them on playing podcasts. Playing Death Stranding. Stranded at home. Playing Death Stranding. Yes, exactly. And what a place to leave this very bloated podcast. Wow, it's an hour in. Well, we've thrown so much information <laughs> at you. I didn't think we'd have anything to talk about. We've talked for an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're the Hideo Kojima game of podcasts. Wow. Welcome to a Hideo Kojima podcast. We're going to talk at you about so many different things. It's not going to make much sense, but hopefully you're entertained. Thank you for giving me a title for this podcast. Anyways, if you've liked this babble fest, you can find us in a variety of places on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Attack, at TMACast on Twitter, on the web at blastprocess.com, Tom and Attack.com forward slash podcast. And a variety of other places, including iTunes and Stitcher. While you're in iTunes, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Maybe hold off until next week to give us a subscription or a, a rating, just in case this stems you lower than five stars, because that would be nice. Um, but yeah. Well, no, I think it could do quite the opposite, Matthew. To be honest, I think this has uh, been a, a, a fun-packed podcast. Me too. I would I would agree. It's, it's gone beyond the realms of video games. Hopefully there's something for everybody. We hope so. You can find Tom at TomParry11. You can find me at Game Boyle on Twitter. I will have a biographic up about Mario's Picross. Remember that? We talked about it like three hours ago. Uh, oh, yeah. That'll, that'll remember we up. started this with the CDI? Remember that? Oh, God. Yeah, I do. Why did you have to bring that up at the end? Why do you have to make this a CDI sandwich? Um, yeah, if you if you want to watch that, you can check that out on YouTube forward slash biographic. Um, Tom? You doing anything for Blast Process? Any more Death Stranding streaming or? 
I, I like to do different games every stream. I know I broke that rule with The Sims recently, but I think I'll do something else. I might play Uncharted on a, on the a stream. Fair enough. Uh, soon. Also, uh, you can check out the latest episode of Tom's Gaming World, episode 10, where you can see me play on the CDI if you really want to. I would love to. Um, and hear me chat a little bit about uh, V-Rally and, <laughs> and the Dreamcast. Uh, and show you my current gaming setup, because it's changed a bit um, since I last did an episode on that. Fair enough. So that's Tom's Gaming World on uh, Blast Process YouTube, if you want to see that. Coolio. Okay, that's a good place to end it, because it should have ended like half hour ago, I guess. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Matthew. As always, Tom Parry. Right, and everybody out there, be sure, as always, to game on. Oh, please, game on. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.